The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. I'm uh, really excited to be here today, and I have some really great guests here today. And, you know, our conversation is about the beauty of you, and um, both of my guests here today are cancer survivors, and they've got an amazing, incredible story to share. And I know that that's really relevant to a lot of people out there, because if maybe you haven't experienced cancer yourself, but you probably know somebody that has. And uh, not only are they going to share their stories, but we're going to talk about some ways to be able to make sure that we're getting the kind of care that we need because if you're not feeling good on the inside, something's not right. And, you know, the beauty starts on the inside out. So um, let me introduce my guests right now. We have uh, Elena White, um, and she is a ovarian and brain cancer survivor. And then my other guest is Bobby Seretich, and she is a breast cancer survivor. And, you know, with it being October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and even last month was Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, and it doesn't get as much attention. So I thought, you know what, together, these two powerful women and these two beautiful women um, are going to share their story, and it doesn't matter. You know, cancer's the, cancer is what we're talking about today, and the survival and the beauty of their lives um, having gone through this experience. So thanks for joining us. We're very excited about it. So, Elaine, I'm going to start with you. And, you know, and here's, here's and I want to share with everybody how we met. So, you know, we were just Facebook friends because we're in the beauty industry together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would see your posts and I remembered just being inspired by every single one of your posts. And it wasn't poor me. It wasn't, you know, uh, an update of what was happening with you. It was such an inspirational and survival approach to how you were posting on there that I finally sent you a private message earlier this year and said, I need to know you because you inspire me. And we eventually actually had to meet um, for the first time just a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And we sat in a pe- we met for lunch. We sat in a pizza restaurant, and four hours later, we were walking <laughs> out the door. Without uh, wine. With, yeah, none of that was with wine, yeah, too. You know. um, and we just had such a great time together, and I am still very inspired by your story. So I am ready for you to share what you can share about your story oh, with us. Oh, Bonnie, thank you so, so very much. That's very gracious of you. And um, I will tell our listeners when... I've been watching Bonnie for a long time in the industry, and so you you know who um, is you are inspired by in this in this profession. And um, so I was it was awesome to meet Bonnie, and then um, really I mean it was just sitting down and sharing with her my story, and um, it all began about it was two years ago in September, and I was having tremendous bloating and pain, and um, as a woman. You know, when that happens, we kind of tend to put it off. You know, we, I'm busy traveling and working, and 
um, it got to the point where I was doubled over in pain. And um, I went to the hospital, the hospital did all these tests. I mean, you know, ultrasounds and CT scans and blood and they come back to me and they say to me, well, you just have really bad ovarian cysts. You just, you know, you just need to put up with it and it's gonna hurt. And, um, you know, about once a month, this is going to suck for you. And, and I thought, okay, well, I went home and followed what they did. And I just never got better. And I kept getting worse. And after three months, I was hospitalized twice. Um, both times they just said, you just have really bad ovarian cysts, or maybe you have an infection. They were putting me on antibiotics. And I would, I mean, throwing up. I mean, terrible, terrible physical pain, fatigue, um, beyond imagination. And then um, it got to the point where I just absolutely begged my doctor. I said, can you just open me up and show, see what's going on in there? Because I know that it's not right. And they finally did. So from August, they didn't open me up until December 12th. And December 12th is, I will just add, it's significant because my um, grandmother, who died of breast cancer in 1962, her birthday was December 12th. So, mm. I mean, wow. I w which I never got to m meet her because she died years before I was born, but she died of breast cancer in 1962, and that's her birthday. So they opened me up, and um, when they did, the very first thing they found was about, it was larger than a baseball-sized tumor right underneath my belly button because they went in laparoscopic. And immediately they... Um, called an oncologist who was there at the hospital who was actually in surgery. And he left his uh, patient to come and do my biopsies with my doctor, my OBGYN. And when they came back in, he just said, I've, I really have never seen someone so young um, with such advanced ovarian cancer. And of course, they had to do all the pathologies and all of that before it came back. But... Um, it was stage four ovarian cancer. I was 35 years old, single mother, two children. At the time, my son was 14, my daughter was 12. And I mean, the I knew, even though I hadn't learned a lot about ovarian cancer, I didn't really understand much about it at that moment. But you know, when I opened my eyes and I looked at the doctor and the doctor was crying, devastated crying because he had ignored me for over three months. Oh my god! So these cysts that they said you need to tolerate were actually tumors. It w they were horrible, gross malignancies. Oh my god! Like to the point of where they had taken over, you know, my lower colon, my all the inside of my abdomen, my small intestines. It, there was cancer, ovarian cancer tumors on every organ in my abdomen, oh. right up into underneath my um, diaphragm all the way up, my peritoneal cavity, which is like the lining of your abdomen, and my omentum, which is like the fatty drape that goes over the front, it was just full of ovarian cancer. Oh my gosh. Did they do an ultrasound on you or any kind of scan? To I had three CT scans, and I had, um, I had plenty of ultrasounds, like the internal transvaginal yes. ones and the yeah. external ones, I have lots of them. And on top of that, um, to make matters worse, they actually, placed an IUD in me during this time. Oh, Which oh did what? It aggravated it? it well, it made it, it more sensitive? It, it 
what had happened is, and this is the crazy part about how they couldn't, why they didn't pay attention. It's like, I always compare it to looking for the needle in the haystack, which really the haystack was the problem. I mean, uh, there was no needle. Right. It was the whole thing. It was the whole thing. Right. The whole okay. thing was bad. I mean, my, yeah. my uterus had fallen down into my pelvis, which if you know anything about the female anatomy, our uterus doesn't go into our pelvis. I mean, not even we give birth to babies. It's not where it belongs, right. but that's where mine was. So I was doubled over in pain. Like, I couldn't even stand up straight. I was bedridden at 35. Now, that's not, you know, and usually the, the, the pathology of someone with chronic ovarian cysts is that they have those um, throughout their life. Mm-hmm. It's not something you just suddenly get at right. 35, right. which I had never had. Mm-hmm. I'd never had any female problems, none. Right. Like, zero. So you knew something was wrong. You finally got them to look deeper and literally into you. Yes, begged them. And Mm -hmm. they discovered then stage four ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you're immediately going into treatments. Mm -hmm. Well, and... I, what happened was, is um, it's Christmas time, so, you know, it's like trying to maneuver to get a surgeon to do it. And Arizona oncology, Dr. Bula, who is one of the most re- um, renowned oncologists for um, gynecological oncology, and he happens to be in Arizona. So I was very fortunate to have him and his staff. They immediately took me on. I mean, I, there was no hesitation. So I had surgery December 21st, right before Christmas. I spent Christmas in the hospital, um, which that comes up later, why that's significant. But, um, and then immediately in January, I started treatment. And with my treatment, you know, I, I had to have intense uh, chemotherapy, two types, dose-dense, um, what they call dose-dense chemotherapy. So I went weekly for 18 weeks. And of course, it took six months. It was a lot longer than just 18 weeks because, you know, right. my, my setbacks with my blood would not be strong enough to have chemotherapy. Um, mm-hmm. I had carboplatin and taxol as the types of chemotherapy that I had. So, so how was your spirit during all of this? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was diagnosed, the first thing that I thought of was, oh my gosh, my children. Mm-hmm. My children need me. They need their mother. And I cannot fall apart because they need me. And then my family needs me, my extended family. And then I have such an amazing amount of friends. I mean, those like Bonnie would know that, you know, I am so passionate about being involved in other people's lives and helping them and supporting them. And that's always been me. So at, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I, I have to survive this. I, yeah. I, can't, I can't just sit on my laurels and I have to, I continue to work, which I missed it from um, having surgery and missed a little bit of work that time but I worked that entire time I went through treatment which was part of what I saw on your Facebook and I'm like how is she doing this she has stage four ovarian cancer and she's still out there working and providing and being the mom and the friend to all these other people Mm so clearly your spirit was amazing during all of this and this is part of your survival story I'm sure oh yes so well it wasn't about just surviving it was about thriving okay good being better in life being better as a person, being better for those around me, and growing not just to kill cancer <laughs> in my body, but growing as a, as a human, being right. a better human. 
Yeah. Which is the beautiful person that you are. So so you go through the treatment with this, and I know we're going to have to take a break here in a minute, but take us through the part where then you, you, you're coming out of the treatment for the ovarian cancer. You're feeling good? Yes. Yeah, so I, I went through treatment last year. My treatment ended in July. And um, by August, I was feeling really strong. In September, I met the love of my life, which Aww. has been phenomenal. Um, yes. And so then, you know, it keeps going. Well, in January, I started feeling sick. And I, I told my um, doctor, I said, you know what? Something's not right with my brain. And those were my words. Something's yeah. not right with my brain. And it turned into, um, in March, I had a stroke. And when I had the stroke, they found that the ovarian cancer had spread to my brain. Oh, my gosh. So they ended up doing the surgery, removing the cancer. And I'm the only patient, they'll tell you, and I know we're almost time, but <laughs> I'm skipping around the nurse's station. <laughs> no after effects from um, having a stroke like that and having to have brain surgery. Wow. Well, we are going to get ready to head to a break here. So I know that this is a really touching story that Elena is sharing with us. And so, if, you know, sh share your posts on with us on Facebook, um, you know, Beauty Inside and Out Show. Tweet me, Bonnie Bonadeo. Send me an email. Let me know what your story is or, or what you want to share with Elena here um, to provide her encouragement. So we're coming back from the break and we're going to find out how she does after having brain cancer. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. 
Hi, welcome back, everybody. I'm with my guests here today, and this is this is it's an inspiring and sad and you know fight worthy story that we're sharing here. My guest Elena White uh, is just sharing that she had stage four ovarian cancer, and it ended up uh, being developed and going into her brain and she's going to finish out that story for us here in a minute but I also have my guest with me too Bobby Seredich which is a survivor of breast cancer and she's going to be sharing her story with us really shortly so please back to you Elena get, give us now what happened so you ended up being uh, diagnosed with brain cancer because and how did that happen how is it that they weren't like scanning you from head to toe in the process of you being treated for ovarian mm-hmm. so I had you know two different PET scans, the initial PET scan when I was diagnosed, and then I had the PET scan after my treatment in July of 2014. And so they never scanned my brain. Mm. And chemotherapy is interesting because there are certain types of chemos that will go to your brain, and then there's types of chemos that don't. Well, you're, they, they call it the blood-brain barrier. So the blood that circulates around your head doesn't necessarily cir- circulate through the rest of your body. So... The cancer had spread, and, and I've talked to my oncologist, my radiologist, you know, the brain surgeon that actually removed the tumor from my brain. They all said that they believed that it had spread to my brain initially. And what had happened is during the course of treatment, the it stopped growing. It didn't remove it because of the blood-brain barrier, right. but it stopped growing. Oh, so okay. Okay. when chemo's done, your body starts producing healthy cells again, you're happy, you're living life, then suddenly it's growing. And I was having significant um, challenges leading up to um, me having the stroke. Um, I was having headaches, dizziness, um, confusion. I, I told tell people this story. I, I drive for work to Vegas, and I literally got lost. From driving, Phoenix. From Phoenix <laughs> to Las Vegas. And I've made that trip hundreds of times, and I got lost at one point. Um, in February, making that drive, um, because my brain just wasn't connecting. And I had told my doctor I I knew that something was going on, but he attributed it to being in menopause, which, you know, going through ovarian cancer and having all of Mm -hmm. my female organs removed, I am in full-blown menopause, you know. Um, So when I had the stroke, it was my eyesight went out. Um, I had trouble talking. I had trouble communicating. Those are all the signs of mm-hmm. a stroke, right? Classic yeah. symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know, they got me to the hospital, and my EKG was all messed up. I mean, I was I was really in severe pain, and um, I was scared. That was probably I was more scared at that moment than when I was first diagnosed with ovarian cancer yeah. because it's something that is completely unexplainable. And you think to yourself, I'm I'm healed. I don't have anything. My blood results are really good, and I don't have cancer in my body. And then, lo and behold, it's there in your brain. So you went back through treatment now for the brain cancer. Did were they able to remove? So they, it's awesome. They went in and they like like a little plug, like popped out a part of my skull and took that out and then put it back in. I healed up. I mean, you can barely see my scar now if you look at my hair, but um, I had radiation directly to my brain and then I went through um, 12 treatments of chemotherapy after that. So I just completed chemotherapy in August and I'm so thankful to be done. I mean, anyone that's gone through chemotherapy will tell you, you don't want to go through it once and when you're done with it once, you don't want to ever do it twice. Well, yes. Twice. Twice is is hard. Yeah. 
Horrible. So I'm, you know, I know we're on the radio and you're hearing Elena here, but I just, I want to just share with you that this person sitting across me right now has the most beautiful spirit and she has beautiful skin and her beautiful hair is growing back (laughs) and there's just nothing unwell about you in this moment in looking at you. So I am so happy that you have the strength and the commitment that you did to get through this and to stay here. Thank you, Bonnie, so very much. Yeah, good. All right, so we're going to transfer over to Bobby because Bobby has a great story too. And, you know, and I just want to share a little bit. Bobby and I have been friends for many, many years. And we, um, we went and had lunch together one day. And we came out, and we were standing in the parking lot ready to, you know, go our separate ways. And she had mentioned to me that she had found a lump. And um, and it was kind of one of those things where it's like you never want to think it. And you don't want to encourage your friend to be like, oh, my gosh, go have it checked. It's cancer type of thing. And so, you know, we kind of just, like, dialogued on it. But then it was – I remember driving away and being very worried that – I hope she does something with it. I hope she goes and checks. I hope she takes action in this moment because why would you not? And it is what she did and and discovered that it was breast cancer. So, Bobby, please share your story with us. Yeah, and I think um, thank you for having me on this show, too. And my story is not the same journey as what, Alana, what you explained, which is interesting because I think that cancer shows up in so many different ways that – Anyone listening to this program, it's really important to note that it it's not um, so black or white. It, it comes in different forms. And, and I think the one thing that we have to take away as women, as men, as human beings, that we have to own our own, listen to our bodies, mm-hmm. listen to what's happening. And, and I believe there's some wonderful doctors out there, and, and I think all of us have met some fabulous doctors but they are practicing medicine so it's important to own our own health and question and you know realize when something's not right and in my situation I didn't have the pain I mean I did um, I had I was 38 years old which is pretty young to have breast cancer Um, they really don't even want to get annual mammograms insurance paying for them until after 40 40. right yeah and and so I um, in my family um, we do have cancer on both sides and um, and then I also had breasts that had cysts on them so when I found this lump it was it was kind of on my bra line which is uncomfortable right and but I was just thinking oh it's probably a cyst they'll aspirate it go on you know no big deal. Didn't feel any other major pain. Um, and so I went ahead and went to the, decided to go to the doctor. Then my uh, OB, of course, went in for a mammogram. Then they did the ultrasound. And sure enough, they said that it was um, a cyst. And so they were aspirating it. But then when they got back the results from my mammogram, they said, but there's something behind that cyst that looks strange to us. And so we want you to come back and do a biopsy. And so, you know, I thought, well, okay, that's different. So they went ahead and they um, aspirated that cyst and I came back and did a biopsy. And then that's when, after that is when I found out that I was positive for DCIS, for lobular carcinoma, Mm -hmm. and then invasive. Um, And, it was just 
uh, I remember I got the call literally from my doctor on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, of all the times, you're just, you know, it just brings you to your knees, that kind of news. And then it was almost like I didn't believe them because I didn't have the pain. And, and I thought, oh, I need to go in for another they must have read my test wrong. You know, I was in real disbelief for quite a while. So I think that's a different journey. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes um, we may not always have the markers or the cues to know, mm-hmm. but it's important to continue to follow up. And And the only other thing that I would say in my journey is um, at 38, I was trying to get pregnant and I, w- I wanted to have a family and I was struggling with that. And I was seeing a fertility doctor at that time and it was interesting they kept he kept doing a lot of blood work and he said you know there's something that's wrong with your immune system you have a really low immune system and I don't know but he kept wanting to put me on like antiviral and he said maybe there's um, a, a virus that's inside of you that that you haven't fully healed and and my blood pressure was not even which I don't I have very low blood pressure now but my blood pressure was higher at times which kind of is a cue that your body's fighting something Mm -hmm. so I did have these other little signs but I would have never have linked that to oh yes I could possibly have breast cancer so it was quite shocking for me um, to hear that news and then it was almost like that not wanting to accept it was really hard because I didn't have the physical pain that other people, I think, experience. And so as my journey goes, and I think with a lot of people that have breast cancer, there's not a, a one solution for any one. And I chose to have a lumpectomy, and um, I did have that surgery in December right before. I, I was diagnosed in November um, before Thanksgiving, and then I had the surgery right before Christmas, which is an wow. interesting time. Yes. The same as you. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I found out in uh, January that the surgeon did not fully clear the margins. So mm-hmm. uh, I had to make a decision at that point of what to do. And I did decide to go back and have a second lumpectomy. So I didn't have a full mastectomy, but I had a second lumpectomy. And they, the good news is they did clear the margins that second time. And I went on and did radiation treatments um, and two types of radiation treatments. So it was a very long journey. I did not go through chemo, uh, but the radiation treatments lasted for almost nine weeks. Mm-hmm. And I, Did you go every day? Um, every day, five days mm-hmm. a week. I didn't go on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And But I think maybe, I don't know if you found this, but I've met some wonderful women there. Like amazing Amazing. Women. And amazing. I mean, just... Like serene, beautiful. It was almost like being part of going through cancer is you do get a level of you have it's it's stress and tension, but then all of a sudden you kind of have a serenity once you feel like you know you're going to make it through. And I felt that with some of the women there that that's what made them so beautiful and strong because. I mean, I'm kind of tearing up thinking of a couple mm-hmm. of them, but it's like they almost knew, and it was the rest of us that were mm-hmm. unsure. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. It, so uh, you were trying to have a, you did go through radiation, and yeah. at this point you were trying to have a family. So what did you do? Because at this point you can't continue to go down the path. Right, right. Although I would have uh, probably wanted to do whatever it took, but yeah. Um, and, you know, 
I had to just put that all on hold, you know. That's just how life was showing up. So I became good friends with my fertility doctor, which is not a person that you want to be with long term, really. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so the interesting thing is uh, we, we're we still very good friends. Um, I, he ended up getting married through the process, and I was like, well, who are you marrying? You know, I need to know her. You know? <laughs> we're going to analyze her. Yeah. And that's Bobby. Yeah. I'm Bobby like, makes those connections. <laughs> you know, yeah. So that's my, my fertility doctor. Um, so anyway, so then I went through, and I decided right before I had my first lumpectomy in December, which I worked with my surgeon, um, I went ahead and had my eggs frozen right Perfect. before. Good. Now, so, hold that story right yep. there because we're going to go to break, and we want to hear how the, this ends up. Yes. Okay. So, yes. again, my guests here are Elena White and Bobby Seredich, two cancer survivors, two beautiful, beautiful women here. And so tweet me, Bonnie Bonadeo, Facebook, uh, Beauty Inside and Out Show, um, and connect with us. Let us know your story, too, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Be part of the inner revolution sweeping the planet. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green on the Voice America Variety Channel. And now, also enjoy Beth's channel, Inner Revolutionary TV, on voiceamerica.tv. See inspiring videos about our guests and the inner revolution. Hear commentaries that will help clarify our time. And watch interviews of people who will matter to you. Think outside the box. Watch Inner Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Okay, we're back. So we kind of left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger there. I've got my guests here, Elena White and Bobby Seredich, and we start. We were, we just finished with Bobby's story. So she had breast cancer, had a couple lep- lumpectomies, um, but was in the process of trying to get pregnant. And so she finished with that. She froze some eggs prior to going into that first surgery. Yes, that's what I left you with. (laughs) And I froze my eggs, which was very interesting to do that complete journey because I had to really get my breast surgeon on, you know, really on board with this process because we kind of had to rev up my system, um, you know, to be able to produce these eggs before. And then it was just like crash my system, go right into surgery and 
kind of get rid of any hormones and anything else. So it was not conventional in, in the least. But the important thing is, is because I tested positive to invasive cancer, it, my doctors were very serious with me that, you know, they didn't know where this was going to go. So this could be my only chance. So it was almost like I was buying an, an insurance policy in a way by freezing my eggs in case you know, they, they just didn't know. They didn't know how long the journey would be to healing. They didn't know how far it would, it had spread or it could have. So um, for me, it was, it was really important to at least, you know, do something within the realm of what technology now has available and even better now today. So um, I, I did do that. I ended up going through my radiation treatments. I finished probably in June by the time I was done with everything. And, and then I was asked by a good friend of mine who is a publisher of a, a book publishing company who's also a cancer survivor. I had told him one time at dinner, I said, you know, someday I'd like to write a book. And he really charged me um, at the end of my radiation treatments. He said, you know what, I've got the book and you're the person to write it. And here's a, a good book coach uh, to write it with. And it was Marianne Rodmacher who wrote the mm, quote, yes, Courage does not always roar. Yeah. Sometimes it's that quiet voice at the end of the day that says, I will try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of blown away at that time, but I, I did um, follow my heart and I just kind of decided to share my story. And then I interviewed other women of courage. So women mm-hmm. that are maybe not heard of in the newspaper or on TV, but they wake up every day and they're doing something wonderful for their family or friends or for themselves to get through something very courageous. So mm-hmm. so I would have to say I, I go back to that ask you know, not why me, but what for. Mm -hmm. And that really Mm -hmm. is what shifted everything. And and it opened me up to being able to interview these wonderful women of courage and for them to have the authenticity and vulnerability to share their stories with me too. And it was really part of my recovery. I didn't realize that at the time. It's a great feeling. Yeah. Yes, it was. We were able to both share and it was almost like they would ask me well who are you and why do you want to write this book and so then I would tell them my story it was almost like okay that's good enough I think we're I'm ready to share you know so I don't think I would have had that right of uh, passage so to say without having that uh, that story so you know that's a what for not why me what for well, so take us, well, hold on, take us back to the frozen eggs. Oh, yeah, so frozen eggs. <laughs> I mean, she's yeah. still leaving us hanging. So, so then um, <laughs> I I wanted to, of course, right, you know, when I was done, I they wanted to, I wanted to try to get pregnant right away. And my doctor, both my doctors, all of them were like, wait, 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 you've got to wait for your immune system to still build itself back up. Because when you have cancer, it's just like even when you put in an, um, an embryo, it's a cell, so the body wants to attack any yes. foreign cells. Um, so we waited, and then it was, uh, gosh, it was probably a, 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 another year later that we we decided to go ahead and move forward. And I did some other alternative methods. I, I, I did B venom therapy. I did a lot of the vitamin C IV drips to build my immune system mm-hmm. and um, really not traditional methods, but mm-hmm. went through. And I had to try to do the in vitro a few times, and then it didn't take... And so we decided to do a new egg harvest. And mm-hmm. um, and it was, I think, because I was so super healthy. Like, I set the record for my age in their office. I think wow. I had, like, 
33 eggs Ooh, or that's something incredible. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like crazy. So, you know, that was like a blessing on the other Could side. share? Yeah, I know. I have to share that. Like, I'm proud of that, you know, moment. But it was just, you just don't know. And so then we were... Um, I went through in vitro again, and I did get pregnant with twins. And I'm a very, very happy mom of three-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, Alex and Gia. It's a good thing you're so healthy. I know. Can you believe (laughs) three-year-old? Yeah, I need that, right? (laughs) And so, you know, it it was such... And I, in my book, it, the book ends that someday I want to have children. So I'm still vulnerable at that point. I, I didn't know. And wow. so now to have them is such a gift. So, All right. So yeah. I, love, I loved how the book was part of your healing process. And, and it was almost like, you know, you created that wish, that vision of what you wanted. And then that's what was able to come out of it. And um, please, I want to make sure that I get a picture of your family. I want to post it on Facebook so everybody can see the beautiful family that you were yes. able to create and uh, the healthy, the healthy, beautiful woman that you are right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you created something really powerful, Elena, and you call it Red Thursday. Red Thursday. And uh, we're red for you today. I'm so I'm yeah. proud of you. We, we needed Bobby to wear red, but. I didn't know. She knows now. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so share with us what Red Thursday is about. I'll go put my red lipstick on. Okay, I have some. I have a couple of tubes in my purse, always on hand. I What happened with Red Thursday is when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was in the hospital for Christmas um, having my surgery and recovering from that surgery, um, I wanted for Christmas red cowboy boots. And I'm an Arizona native and I'm a cowgirl at heart. You know, my all my uncles were cowboys and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a city girl t- I'm trapped anyway. And so I wanted these red cowboy boots. And so I got them as a gift for Christmas. And um, which at at that time, it seemed so insignificant, but I thought, well, they're so cool that I'm gonna just wear them to every single chemotherapy treatment. And every week I'm gonna put on my red cowboy boots and I'm just gonna go in there and I'm gonna take over. And I'm going to just, you know, talk to all the women that are there and the nurses and just be a light. And really just, it's like, it was just a power statement. And mm-hmm. it was my mantra. And so what's exciting about that is I decided I'm going to just take pictures of my red boots everywhere I go and whatever I do and then share that. And it turned, and then people that know me have known me a long time. I've always worn red lipstick. I mean, I, I found pictures of me in high school recently that some friends posted on Facebook and I'm, you know, 16 wearing red lipstick. So, um, <laughs> it, it just, it was just like a way to be beautiful and feel good, even though I was going to be bald. On the outside. Yep. Yeah. I, I was going to be bald and not have eyelashes or eyebrows or hair or anything. And, and just, if I could wear my red lips and I have my red cowboy boots, I'm going to do it. Well, me very transparently sharing my story on social media just drew a lot of attention. And that idea of being strong and powerful, so it turned into a whole movement, which I, uh, I don't take responsibility for, although I have to say I'm very, 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 it's a gift. But mm-hmm. it's, it has done so much for other people that that's what matters. And so tell us what you do with Red Thursday. And it's redthursday.org, Redthursday.org. So what it started out with, everybody wearing red on Thursday. And really, it's just everybody knows somebody that has cancer. So you have a reason to celebrate life. And it's about celebrating life as we are, um, taking a stand, having courage. You know, red, the color red means so many things. Mm. 
And I know cancer is associated with all sorts of colors, but red is this because it was about beauty and it was about strength and courage and honor. I and, love that. Yeah. I love that. And, and everyone looks good in red. I don't yeah. know very many yeah. people that don't. There's all kinds There's of like berries. all yeah. kinds of shades of red. All shades of red. Marsala red mm. right here. Yeah. Um, so with the red Thursday, um, it is brand new. I'm just getting it going. And it's been, you know, it, it's because so many people were attracted to it um, that I really took a hold of it and thought, okay, this is my purpose. This is my gift. And it's when you take like your worst nightmare and make it something beautiful mm -hmm. and make it something that changes and touches the lives of others. So um, to raise money to give to cancer patients, um, I'm a big advocate of, I know that we raise a lot of money for big corporations that give to research, but there's very few organizations that really work with a person themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you as a person and what your needs are. You know, what do you need? Do you need us to come and bring you food? Do you need us to bring you, you know, supplies for your house? Do you need us to take you to the grocery store? Do you need us to pay your electric bill? Do you need us to vacuum your house? You know, those are the things that matter to people. That's the the community, the grassroots. Right. That's um, the connection person with to person connection. human being. And so really my idea with that is eventually to have what, um, the Red Thursday House and to do palliative care, but then also have volunteer, you know, really arm volunteers to go out and help patients and help people going through hard times because that's mm. what it's about. Yeah. It's not, it's, you know, they glamorize cancer sometimes, some of these mm -hmm. like different organizations. I'm not going to say them, but it's, you can't get out of bed. You can't brush your teeth. You know, if someone were to come and just do one small thing to help you. And so it and I think Red Thursday from my friends that wanted to support me that couldn't always be there for me, they wore red. And that was their way of helping encourage me to keep going. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, and that great. I can tell you that it means all the world to me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it it my friends kept me moving forward. Because even in your worst day, and I had some really dark days. I mean, I'd be the first to admit, I'm, I'm like the most brightest light, but I can be a vacuum of, you know, because that's, that's how hard it is. It yeah. takes everything you have to live. And so in that moment, you, you, you're searching. So Red Thursday was that way. And I know that if it was that for me, and it inspired so many people, that it is very powerful. And it's, com it's not about... Elena, the person, it's about what it's going to do for others. Yeah. And so that's our goal. Well, we're going to help you to grow Red Thursday. Thank you. Um, so it's redthursday.org. Redthursday.org. They can give. We don't have our 501c3 completely finished yet because it costs a lot of money. So if you want to help do that, that's our goal. We will, I mean, my goal ultimately with Red Thursday is every penny goes to the cancer patient. Yeah. You know, I'm working on other projects where, you know, the, the money that I make, every penny of it goes to cancer patients. It's, it isn't, you know, about anything but helping those in need. That's perfect. And cancer patients have great need. It's a lot of financial burden, a lot mm -hmm. of um, personal burden, and this is about lightening their load. Yeah, good. Okay, so redthursday.org. Bobby's got a book, Courage Does Not Always Wear On. We have some copies we're going to give away. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, ladies, I want to hear what we can do to improve 
the quality and the beauty of our lives and why oh, yes. we're why we're missing this message mm-hmm. of it not connecting that these things need to be brought out in the open more okay mm-hmm. so to hang out with us everybody we'll be right back Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. My guests, Elena White and Bobby Seredich. They're both uh, amazing, beautiful women that are cancer survivors. They've shared their story. Uh, Elena is really working on a project called RedThursday.org to be able to help cancer patients directly and and really give them the help that they need. Bobby's a speaker and author of Courage Does Not Always Roar. And at this point, you guys, I want you to share what's the message we need to have to our listeners right now and, you know, mainly to women at this point, too. What do we need to share with them in order to have this really sink in? Be your own advocate. Okay, so tell me more about that. Be your own advocate in what? I mean, you had to fight to have your doctors look well, further into something. If you don't feel good and you're not getting the right answers, you just keep pushing. I mean, I, I won't say who my doctor was, but it got to the point where I was talking bad about him on social media before he decided to do surgery on me. And, and there was someone who actually worked in his office that I went to high school with that um, pushed him to call me and, and do that surgery. Because I, you knew something wasn't I right. I knew it was, I knew, well, at 35, you shouldn't be able to get out of bed, right. I mean, right? Yeah. And not be in a world of pain. I mean, that's not normal. But, you know, to pass me off, like, that was okay. It's not acceptable. So be your own advocate. If you don't feel good, just keep searching for answers. And don't be afraid and I think sometimes we, with doctors, we, we just want to accept what they say. But if I would have accepted what they said to me, I would be dead now. And that yeah. is the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Stage so, four ovarian, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And ovarian cancer, I mean, 75% of the women diagnosed don't 
they don't, don't survive. survive. No, because yeah. it's so you, too late. It's hard it's to diagnose, too late, exactly. and it's too late once um, once they get the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the good. silent killer. Well, we are so glad that you're here, and thank you. And so, be your own advocate. Is your be your message. own advocate in female health? I would say the most underestimated um, blood test is the CA125, which is the tumor marker that recognizes if there's something going on in your abdomen. Um, with tumor, c- cancerous tumors. Okay, so, so ask for that. Ask if, for the CA 125. Right, ask for that. Yes. Okay, good. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Elena. We appreciate that. Bobby, what's your message yeah, for everybody? I, I would agree. Be your own advocate. And then I, I think also that you need to really look at options. When it comes to cancer, there's still not a 100% guarantee that this is the treatment, this is the surgery, you will be healed 100%. So I encourage anyone, or if you know someone that's been diagnosed with cancer, do your homework. So listen to your doctors, read up on it. We have access to so much information. That's really important. And find out and, and Listen to your own inner voice. What is right for you? What is the treatment path that I should go on? I mean, a lot of people want to give you their opinion, and um, and they give it to you oh, more they, than once. They, they give it to you, like, by the thousands of Facebook messages. Yeah. And, and, and you know, even your close family members. I mean, I remember a, a very close friend saying, well, I just can't take this anymore. You just have to have a double mastectomy, you know. And, mm. and I thought, wow, you can't take it anymore. Right. But I think this is my journey. You know? Yeah. So I, I think they mean their intentions are so good and they're so worried and they're so concerned. So it is your journey. So educate yourselves. Be your own advocate. That would be my message. And there's not a 100% guarantee with any treatment yet for cancer. Mm-hmm. We're still no. looking for that. And I, I even think at some point in the future, we're going to look back at this time where we cut off limbs or areas mm-hmm. and we will think, oh, that was so backward. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they used to do that. They didn't know what to do, so they just cut it off mm-hmm. or cut it out. Removed or, it. Know. Yeah. And I don't know, but I, but the important thing is to educate be your own advocate and go with your intuition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously with it being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's, you know, self-exams and annual mammograms. Right. Yes. So these things are really important. Like, don't neglect what is available for us um, to make sure that we're staying as healthy as we can. But if anything comes up in between there, because I know a lot of stories are, is I had my mammogram in January, and by May I had a you know a lump and a very aggressive form of cancer. So these things can happen. So you have to be consistent with your treatments, your self examinations, and then what in your case in you know Elena with ovarian, it was really just you didn't feel well. You had stomach pains. You had something didn't feel right, and that was enough for you to just keep pushing forward and be that advocate, right? Yeah, the the bloating the pain. Um, It was problems with digestion that I'd never had before. And those would be easy to write off as stress or getting enough sleep or I shouldn't be eating eating terrible (laughs) foods. Yeah. Right. And I will say nutrition, you know, I know that Bobby will probably say because she went so far to get vitamin C, IV. So I know that, you know, Nutrition is so important. Yes. I mean, you're only really as strong as what you're putting into your body. Well, and, you know, and just listen to my doctors even. It's like, listen, right now, based on what you're eating, you're 
already creating opportunities to not have a healthy body because mm-hmm. we're eating stuff that's just not is healthy for us anymore. We're mm-hmm. not eating full-grown food without pesticides mm-hmm. like back in the earlier days. Mm-hmm. Then we have all the environments of all the toxins just in our everyday environment, mm-hmm. especially if we're living in a city. Mm-hmm. So right. we're, we already got two strikes against us. So eating healthy, exercising, self-examinations, knowing your body, um, having an awareness, those are really good, really good suggestions. The CA-125 and then getting your mammograms. And I mean, even a pap smear can't determine um, if you have ovarian cancer. I mean, it can determine certain cer- cervical cancers, things like that, but not ovarian cancer. And ovarian cancer is extremely deadly um, because it is usually diagnosed so late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to add that, you know, you have to, in addition to being your own advocate, you have to, like, make a journal and keep track of where you're at, you mm, know, and, and manage your own health care overall. Yeah, Because it's just not remembering if you go do your annual checkup, you know, with, with, with any sort of cancer. Because I think that more and more we're finding out that, you know, I could be healthy one moment and then the next minute. I mean, there was n- no reason. I mean, and I... I've shared with Bonnie, there's a few things that I had to tip me off about the ovarian cancer. It's like I had really high estrogen for a few years before. Mm -hmm. Um, I always tell women, watch what you're doing with things like fertility treatments or birth Mm -hmm. control, um, because I'm pretty sure I can pinpoint mine to birth control. Well, I'm I'm so honored to be able Mm -hmm. to have you guys share your stories, and I hope that everybody can really appreciate these stories. And and know that the people that they're affiliated with that have cancer or related to or friends with that have had cancer or going through cancer at this time, that they see how um, vital it is to be a support system to mm-hmm. them. But um, you're healthy. You're beautiful. You know, the show's called oh. Beauty from the Inside Out for a reason because we have, to, we have to take care of ourselves on the inside in mm-hmm. order to feel that beauty in life on the outside mm-hmm. and have happiness and joy on the other end. So thank you both for being here. So thank you Elena, so uh, redthursday.org, I want to make a mention of that. So if anybody can help and support her and get this off the ground, that's fabulous. Bobby, thank you so much for being here, my dear friend. And um, we've got some books to be able to share of Courage Does Not Always Roar. Um, so, you know, tweet me and say that you want a book, and I'm going to make sure that you get one of those books and send it to you. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank oh, you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah. Yes. So uh, next story. week um, on our show, we have uh, the Hollywood hair guy, Dean Banowitz. Not very good transition into that one, but <laughs> I tell you, he's he's got a good story, too. He's a lovely man. He uh, works with Dancing with the Stars. He was the original lead hairdresser for um, American Idol, and if you can remember back in those days when that show started, there was, like, amazing transformations of people like Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood um, during that time that not only did their talent kind of get more exposed but also their external beauty started to kind of really match their talent and then they just kind of started to flourish as you know up-and-coming stars and everything so he's the man behind all of that so I'm excited to be able to talk with him and then I always like to end with a quote and today's quote is for a seed to achieve its greatest expression it must come completely undone the shell cracks in its from the inside out and everything changes to someone who doesn't understand growth it would look like complete destruction mm, and I know that in beautiful. the journey yeah I know that in the journey that you ladies have been through 
um, was felt like probably complete destruction. And you've rebuilt your lives. You have a beautiful family, Bobby. You're here for your family, Elena. <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. I love it. These are wonderful <laughs> things. And so thank you, everybody, for listening and participating. Again, share with me your story. Share with me what you want to hear on the show. Beauty Inside and Out show on Facebook. Tweet me, Bonnie Bonadeo. Email me, Bonnie, at BonnieBonadeo.com. And I look forward to seeing everybody next week. Thank Thanks you, Bonnie. For being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.